Hello everyone and welcome to the next edition of the New Beginnings Podcast. I'm your host as always, Tyler Moss, and it's been quite a while since I recorded an episode. Um, I was kind of wanting to wait until the season got going. And most likely I will try to do uh, game previews, come out with an episode before the games, and then do one after the games and kind of talk about what we see. And uh, didn't get a chance to do one before the game this week, but uh, we definitely have a lot to unpack after this game. Um, before we start that, I'm coming to you live outside on my back porch. It's a beautiful day on my day off, so decided to sit down and uh, record an episode. Um, but like I said, there's, there's plenty to talk about from what we saw yesterday. A lot of good games around the league. It's exciting to have football back. Um, but needed to, needed to take a moment and really uh, kind of cool off from the game, st- take a step back and and really just you know think about why we saw what we saw. Um, if, is that is that what a lot of people expected to see? I think even if a lot of people expected uh, the Patriots to win that game, it went it, it went so much differently than than I thought the different you know scripts of the game, the different uh, uh, possible outcomes of the game would be it was it was very strange and a lot of things that I didn't expect to see but that being said uh, the Dolphins lost this game it was uh, 21 to 11 and uh, whenever you whenever you think about how this game went there's a lot of things you can point out and and try to really cling on to as this is the reason they won or this is the reason they lost but I think there's a lot more that goes into it and it's really um, I, I did see some, uh, like I said before, I saw some things that I was surprised about and didn't think I would see, but I'm honestly not too shocked because I did see some things that I, I expected to see only because of the state of the team right now. Um, I, I expected to see it, but I was, ho- I guess I was just hoping to be surprised and not see, uh, those things that, that I really thought would, would make it difficult for this team to come out and win this game. I did think that uh, I, I honestly did think that they would win this game, um, but it, it sure wasn't going to be an easy task by any stretch uh, because of because of kind of what the Patriots already have established over there as far as their defense and, and coaching and things. Uh, but when you look on that, when you look at the look at the score and look at the stats and everything on the surface. Um, it's easy to point out the the three interceptions and no touchdowns uh, by Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, it's easy to look at the two rushing touchdowns and 70-something yards of rushing for Cam Newton, and the Patriots having over over 200 rushing yards total. I'm pretty sure as a as a team, and I mean the Miami running backs, they were able to do some decent things. Um, and we'll kind of get into that as well as the the different sections uh, of the team uh, on offense and defense, and kind of get into that. But but that's it's really some of the main things to point out. So we'll kind of go ahead and dive into it and start on the coaching level. Um, as always, the the Patriots were were very well coached in this game uh, for having a completely new quarterback and showing a new way of, you know, kind of tweaking a system that they have grown accustomed to over the last 20 years. 
Uh, so it's certainly impressive for them to be able to come out with a with a new quarterback and some new players and some players that have opted out and uh, still come out with that mentality that they've got that they're sticking to the system, albeit different, but they're still sticking to the system that they've been coached. They're not veering from it, and they're able to adapt so well um, as a game goes along. And that that really you know comes down to the coaching and the experience of the coaching um, and and the way that they have kind of meshed together. So I mean, it's not really too surprising when you look at that. Bill Belichick is still one of the greatest coaches ever, and there's just there's no denying that. Um, but he really showed. Uh, why he is on a different level of coaching than the rest of the league in some of the things that he's able to do. Uh, And on the other side of the coin, Brian Flores, uh, he didn't have necessarily a bad game of coaching. You know, he kind of, there was was some moments here and there where where there's some questionable calls. Um, But for the most part, he did a pretty good job um, working with the offensive coordinator, uh, Gailey and and kind of trying to implement their first year of, of what they're trying to do. Uh, they they ran some decent plays. They got their they got their guys in a position to do what they could with it. A lot of times, I, I mean, I, what I'm trying to say is a lot of the plays that were called were plays where you had the opportunity to make big plays. You had the opportunity to make the small play it it was very it was diverse I guess and a lot of people may not agree with that it's just kind of what I saw from it um and we'll we'll kind of get into this we can go ahead and talk about it now but it's it's a good transition into saying that Miami's really going to have to go into this next year and try to find some big playmakers it's it's just not enough anymore to look at the guys that we have and say, well, Preston Williams is fast and big. Yeah, sure, he is, but he's a second-year player. Um, Devontae Parker's good, and he got he got injured during the game at one point, pretty sure. So, I mean, that's that's certainly something we'll have to keep an eye on, um, and that's that's a big hit because without Devontae Parker, you really just have a lot of unknowns. We know that Jakeem Grant is fast. He made a good play yesterday. Um, you, you know, he, was, he runs good routes. Uh, but when you think of Jakeem Grant and Malcolm Perry, and Malcolm Perry's first-year player, so I guess we'll see with him, but even whenever Albert Wilson was out there with him and Isaiah Ford, these are those decent guys that can make a play every once in a while. This isn't your uh, 14 catches in a game kind of players. Uh, Not these, you know, whenever you look around the league, you see Michael Thomas, you see Julio Jones, you see these guys that have been on a team and established themselves and been good for multiple years. And I really think that that's kind of what the Dolphins have and have been over quite a few years now lacking. Uh, But you've got, you know, the Kenny Galladay's, Antonio Brown's, Des Bryant, whenever he was rocking and rolling. But you got Amari Cooper, you know, over there now. I mean, the list goes on of these kind of receivers that you look to. I mean, and you'll know it from fantasy football that are at the top of those lists every year. And um, and Devontae Parker had himself a great year last year, but we're going to need more. We're going to need... We're going to need the the Calvin Ridleys, the the you know for Atlanta that can play opposite of Julio Jones and have a, a great game yesterday. He has those games where you know he'll put up 
130 yards and one or two touchdowns, and that's that's what we're lacking. Because if without Devontae Parker, I mean Preston Williams has the potential to get up, you know, somewhere to that level. I think um, time will tell. He needs to be able to catch more balls, and I know not all of those yesterday were his fault either. Um, but he has, you know, as far as catch rate has n- has not been a positive thing for him last year and um, so far this year. And there's, you know, you can point to plenty of times where maybe it's not his fault, but there's plenty of times where it has been his fault as well. Um, but has all the makings of a great receiver. Uh, but, but I just, you know, I don't trust the other players on the team and even getting into the running backs, a lot of the players on this team that you can look to and be like, yeah, this guy's going to go, you know, he's going to go out and if the other guy's not performing, he's going to go out and get his and be that big name for the game. Uh, but like I said, the uh, running backs are no different than that. I uh, you know, you know, we go out this off season, we trade for Matt Burita, we pick up Jordan Howard. I mean, a couple of guys that have had great seasons and great numbers on these other teams. And, uh, they they go out and they're the second and third rushers for the game. You know, Miles Gaskin, our seventh round pick, is the guy that goes out and outrushes them. And yeah, you can find gems for running backs in the later rounds. But what I what I have seen from Miles Gaskin to this point since we drafted him, you know, that the limited uh, limited amount of times that he's been in the games hasn't been really that impressive. And he did pretty good yesterday. I mean, his you know. His yards, yards per carry was good. Um, totals were good. He looked good. But it just, you, you go out and get these Jordan Howards and these Matt Burritas to try to come in and be, you know, the, yeah, he's going to get me at least 70 to hopefully over 100 yards in the game. You know, that guy that you, that you look at the depth chart at the end of the game and he's got more carries by far than anybody else on the team other than the few guys you bring in to kind of mix it up you got to have those those guys that are going to be the staples on that side of the of of, uh, the team on offense but i mean i mean i guess they invested a lot into the defense and obviously going to talk about them but uh they they invested a lot into the defense because there was what they believed to be good enough players to um, get you enough points where you you can count on your defense to really hold it to low-scoring games. And I don't think that our offensive pieces have looked like that yet. Uh, But after just one game, I mean, we're just kind of analyzing that. This is still a long season to go. But, uh, you know, that was just kind of my point is that, uh, you know, looking to the future, I can definitely see them trying to invest a lot more into the offense. Um... And that's going to, you know, those kind of players that we do go for is going to depend on um, how good Tua can play whenever we finally see him play, which after seeing this game, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into when and why I think that should happen. But, uh, but yeah, we'll go ahead and move on from that and get into the positions so we can kind of really break it down and talk about it. But we'll start off with the most important position, and that's quarterback. And that was that was really the main story going on was was cows Cam Newton gonna do with the Patriots, uh, but the big story was the quarterbacks on both sides and had a lot to do with why this game was won and lost. And I'll hear plenty of people and uh, even some podcasters and and you know people with the 
that talk a lot about the team. Uh, I've, I've already heard them saying, you know, hey, the, you know, it's not all on Ryan Fitzpatrick, and it's not. But I don't want to downplay it either because, I mean, this is the whole reason why he is in there. And yeah, sure, we'll, we'll go ahead and talk about the intercep- interceptions first because um, he threw three of them. One of them, Preston Williams, just completely fell down. So that one I'm not going to put on him. Uh, but the other two I did not like. Um, that one, just a, a dart right to the defender in the middle of the field. I mean, just a, a terrible, terrible pass. Um, and the other one, yeah, sure, you know, um, I believe it was Gusecki, uh got, you know, pass interfered with. The refs missed a couple of calls this game. They had a bad bad roughing the passer call. And, uh, oh, what was it? Was it Jerome Baker, I believe, who, who hit Cam? But I, I don't know. There was... There was just a couple of questionable calls, but the Patriots usually get the calls. It's not an excuse. It's whiny, sure, but but we've seen it for enough years to really know that it's true. Um, but you know, that's a couple of bad calls is not going to necessarily change a game. Not not this game, at least. You know, those those bad calls right there. Yeah, they can swing the tide at that point in the game. Um, but a couple of bad calls, any any good team should be able to overcome that in the grand scheme. Uh, but all that being said, uh, Fitzpatrick still decided to throw into double coverage to somebody in the end zone with, uh, what was it, almost a minute and a half left in the game, and you're down 10. You know, you're on the 15-yard line. You can't you can't make that throw, and he should know better. Uh, and that's, that's going to be a lot of my talking point here and on kind of where I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is. Um, we don't really need to talk about Cam Newton anymore. So I'm probably going to just talk about the Dolphins quarterback situation more because I said it before, he had two rushing touchdowns. You know, his his throwing was mostly lackluster. Um, His accuracy was decent, but that's kind of what I expected out of him is, is, you know, decent accuracy, kind of more short throws. um, And, I mean, that's exactly what we saw, exactly what I'm sure the Dolphins expected and talked about going into the game. Um, it's just a little bit of uh, lack of lack of defensive positioning by the players, I guess, or, or performances by the the defensive players. Because I think the scheme m- mostly was was okay enough to have quite a bit of success in the game overall, but just not against uh, Newton rushing and. Um, I think there's just a couple of times that you know that we ha- we brought in all of these linebackers and these defensive linemen, and we've built it all up. and, and There was a lot of good defensive performances yesterday, but um, but they certainly need to kind of step it up against that because that you know losing losing be- for you know a bit. A- because in big part of his rushing and having the two touchdowns rushing, at some point they've got to be able to adapt to that, and that'll be partially coaching as well. But the players need to be ready for those, you know, the fake handoffs. They need to not be biting so hard for it um, to get themselves out of position when you know that because you've seen it all game that he's on. You know, you're like, oh, he's he's getting hot, he's rushing, and he's having a good game doing it, so he's going to keep doing it. And... um. Just kind of an unknown, though, because, you know, he's new to that team. New stuff getting thrown at you. It's kind of hard to to adapt to that when you really don't have the tape to watch uh, to really study up for an opponent. 
Uh, but, but back to the quarterback talk. So that was just why I'm not really going to get into to Cam Newton. But but yeah, Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick um, had two bad interceptions, uh, no touchdowns, not a whole lot of yards, decent amount of yards. Because I mean, they were able to get a lot of completions. He, you know, he was he was throwing it around. Um, but uh, overall, if you're just going to be a 20s to 20s team and not be able to get the touchdowns, not be able to, to you know, to keep from getting turnovers in, in critical moments, um, then that's not going to be useful at all. And seeing, seeing him play like that, it's probably just because I'm sour from losing, but I, I would start Tua in Week 2 against Buffalo. And let me kind of kind of uh, explain why because uh, there's so many people that are saying and they're right they're saying we shouldn't overreact we you know as fans we shouldn't start whining for Tua to play because that's going to be a lot of emotions that are going on uh, after seeing that performance um, I, I, I don't think that I'm on the necessarily on the the whining part and overreacting part I've just got feelings on why I think it's going to be the best thing for the team. So on the side why I think um, it's because of Fitzpatrick uh, on why we need to start Tua is because he doesn't look good. He didn't look good. And he's had times over his career where he'll, you know, he looks great. He's playing good. But then he sucks. And you know, he, did, he didn't do very hot at the beginning of last year, but after Rosen came in and looked terrible and they decided to bring Fitzpatrick back in, um, the rest of the year he looked really good. He looked great. He led them to some wins on a team where he probably shouldn't have. Um, and when you looked over the course of his long career, his, I believe it was completion percentage, um, so his accuracy, uh, in, in a sense was getting better as he was getting older. He was talking about, you know, really kind of coming into his own, and he had showed that to where he was able to be more consistent with his positive play on the field. But honestly, what I saw in that game, it it, it really looked like he's lost it, in my opinion. I think, I mean, he was able to make some good throws. He, He can still throw the ball really well. He's still got a lot of power behind his throws. I just don't think that he's able to be as consistent with his arm strength, accuracy, and decision-making as, as he used to be. I think he looks different. He looks done. And I, I might be wrong, but that's just kind of what I read from it. Because, I mean, he's looked like he's... like a, That's why I got into how he's been terrible in the past at certain points. Because it was just to, to show that I, I've seen that. You know, we've seen that already. Um, but after seeing him yesterday, I just don't think, I don't think that he's going to be able to be good consistently enough to get us where we need to be. And that's not to say that I, I think that he's just so done that he's going to be like that every game if we were to play him the entire year. But I do worry. I worry about what we're going to see, even if the defense can come out, and I'll talk about them you know, later, but they'll, uh, even if the defense can come out and play a good game, is he going to be able to sustain enough drives and, 
and get us in positions where we can score more points because that's really what it's what, what this team needs. It needs to put up points because we haven't had a team that can put up a lot of points since what 2008, if that. But they were still, you know, even some of the better teams in the early 2000s for the Dolphins were still mostly known for their defense. And I mean, they had some Hall of Famers, <laughs> but uh, th- that certainly helps. But the teams were still bad because they could never score points. But that's that's pretty much how I feel about Fitzpatrick. So the reason about Tua on why I think he should be starting week two um, and why it's not necessarily a extreme overreaction. I mean, first off, we'll just start about it you know, from the beginning. They, they, they talk about how he's 100% healthy. They talk about how he's, you know, he's had his ups and downs throughout the, the not-so-camp or not-so-off-season that he got to have. Um, which, you know, I think it would be completely different if he had got an entire regular off-season. Uh, I, I really do think he would be starting. And I think that's kind of what it is. is he want, they're, they're really wanting him to see a little bit more uh, NFL game action, either by watching it or by getting the practices in. Um to try to get him as comfortable as possible because they know that it's it's a long-term deal with him. It's, it's what we all want it to be anyway. We want him to be a future Hall of Famer and be with the team for 20 years like Brady and then bring in some Super Bowls. So so they're really just trying not to rush him in because of the way the offseason is and, and just continuing to evaluate him and make sure that he doesn't have a practice where all of a sudden there's a complication with the hip um, it's been long enough now where I doubt that's going to be an issue, but they do still want to see him do it in person at their practice consistently before they just throw him out there. And there was unknowns coming into the game as well about the offensive line, who I'm definitely going to talk about today because um, one of the definite bright spots on the day, I have to say, and um, there's a couple different ways you can look at it, but but definitely one of the better um, better parts of the team uh, during that game. Uh, but that being said, with the offensive line having a good game, showing you that they've got potential. They've got potential to be a pretty good offensive line this year. Uh, especially, you know, having a couple of rookies on it and coming into that game, you know, uh, completely unknown on how they were going to react with the with the shortened offseason. And uh, they definitely made an impression, I think. Uh, and so I think hopefully the coaches will look at that They'll, I doubt they're going to feel the way that I feel about Fitzpatrick, but if they, if they do happen to see it that way, and we can look and say, hey, we got rid of Josh Rosen. We're so confident that Tua can be the number two quarterback right now. We're just, you know, they, they, they're technically probably, I don't know. I mean, they've got their own reasons. They're, they're, they're at practice every day, so they see what happens at practice. I don't. The majority of us don't. So we have no real idea as to all their decision-making and all the factors that they take in. But I would think that they that's kind of where they were at with Tua, and that's why they chose to not start him week one. And you would say it's because Fitzpatrick has a lot more years' experience. He still played some decent football at the end of last year, some pretty good football. Um, you know, he's your, he's your vet. He's your bridge quarterback. He's the guy who knows Chan Gailey's offense. And so this was supposed to be... A seamless transition and kind of the reasons why I talked about the the wide receivers before and kind of the the being in good spots on the field and decent spots on the field I just think it's more the lack of 
stud playmakers. Uh, but not to get into that again, but um, but that offense is is put up in a, in a pretty good way to get these guys, your playmakers, in the best position to make some plays happen. And and that's really kind of what we saw. There was just, in my opinion, a lack of being able to distribute it in, in the most effective way possible. But I believe, too, coming in, you've got a younger player, a more mobile player that um, can be a little bit more twitchy. And that's, that's definitely kind of the <laughs> the big phrase that likes to be thrown out there for guys, um, but he's got the, he's got the ability for that. He's younger. He's going to have a more consistently strong arm, even if I I, I would assume his is stronger than than Fitzpatrick's. Um, maybe not always. I mean, he's been, he's had a pretty good arm, um, but I would think that it, it's going to be more consistently able to get you through a game and and not have that drop off that I believe that we really kind of saw from Fitzpatrick, and we've been seeing it as he's gotten older. Um, but that's that's really what I want to see. I want to see youth come in um, around uh, now that we know is, is a decent offensive line. It's only been one week. Hopefully they can keep it up, but they looked really good. So we can't hear the excuses anymore of, oh, well, if the offensive line is bad, they don't want to throw him out there to get slaughtered. And he could still, like I said, week one, seeing an offensive line, you could change week to week. But I think... Having Tua out there to grow and build with that offensive line when they get to know his tendencies and are able to adapt to, you know, maybe he's going to scramble this way and I've got to know to get out there. Um, I, I want to see that maturity between these young players together. And uh, when you look at the success and the and the smart passes and completion percentages, the accuracy that, that Tua brings to the table, if he's 100% healthy, then he needs to be out there now. Um, there's just... I don't think that we're going to be able to continue to see what we saw from Ryan Fitzpatrick week one and think that that's going to be... You know, that that's not the possible outcome for the rest of the year. Um, I, I, I just think that this is going to put the team in the best position to not only win but to really develop into what they're going to want to see long-term from this team. Because with all these young players, they're going to get a chance to be together for a while. And I think that the more time, even in a losing season, that you can get with Tua in the game, as long as he's healthy enough, is is going to be what's most beneficial for this team. But that's going to be kind of my spiel on the quarterbacks, probably what I'm going to spend the most time on, uh, at least at a specific position. Um, I kind of talked about the running backs already. Um, decently unimpressed, although the, the yards per carry was okay. The amount of carries wasn't great, but when you throw up three picks and you're down in a game, that's kind of to be expected. Um, hoping to see more in, in the way of Matt Burita, um really getting more yards in a game than he got, um, having more opportunity in the passing game. That'll be a big deal uh, that I'd like to see. Uh, Jordan Howard did get the touchdown. It's great. It's good to have that kind of, you know, that that goal line success that whenever you get there, you can trust that that player can uh, get you that touchdown. And um, want to see more yards out of him. I think, I think he can possibly be that kind of bell cow running back that the team needs to be able to handle the bulk of the carries. So that would be good uh, if if he's able to actually become that and. Um, 
we'll kind of see it more whenever we start playing. I mean, next week's probably not going to be the week uh, playing a good defense like Buffalo. But down the road, when we see some of these other uh, some of these other defenses that aren't going to be as stout as some of the top ones in the league, like we've got two weeks. But when maybe whenever we get to that Jacksonville game. Um, we'll get to see hopefully he can get a lot of carries in that game a lot of yards in that game and really show that he's kind of meshing with this offensive line and that uh he's really kind of coming into his own in this offense because that's that's kind of that's kind of why he was brought in i believe um with matt Breida being the change of pace guy but it'll time will really tell because if his injuries spur back up then burrito will kind of have to step into that role which he's done with san francisco so he certainly has a ability to to uh, handle a load for a team uh but getting into the receiving group um decently unimpressed parker got hurt like i said before uh so that was kind of a big part of that he still looked pretty good made some good catches so i'm i'm fairly confident as long as this injury is not going to hinder him up for too long uh whatever it was today or yesterday but uh whatever that was hopefully it doesn't doesn't keep him from going back in because i think if he's on the field um he's he's showing that he's really kind of coming into his own as a receiver and i i i'm fairly confident that he can have some more of those big games this year um especially if Tua gets in the game and I kind of feel the same way about Mike Gusecki. He was fairly unimpressive, but I, I think he moves well enough, and he's he's learning enough that he's got potential as well. Um, Preston Williams needs to stay on his feet. He fell down multiple times uh, on his routes, and uh, one of those was was the result of uh, the inter, the one interception I don't really put on Ryan Fitzpatrick because uh, he just fell down. Um, and so, I mean, he's got to he's got to be able to get his feet underneath him. I don't know if it was just a an issue with his cleats or uh, what was going on, but he he certainly was having a lot of difficulties. Uh, so hopefully he can kind of get it together as the weeks go along. I think we could really stand we could really use to see him uh, uh, become more consistent because he had some of those good games last year before he uh, before he got injured, but. Um, seeing him more consistent and being able to to be that good second wide receiver that we think he can be would be a big help. Uh, but other than that, you know, we we saw that big Isaiah Ford game last year, and we haven't really seen um, a whole lot more out of him other than a game here or there over his career, uh, usually by necessity, whether a wide receiver goes out or or they're just short on the amount of good receivers that they can get. Uh, but he's, he showed that he's a good route runner. Yeah, I mean, we've heard that and heard that for so many times over the years. But if he's such a good route runner, then he needs to be catching more balls consistently during the game. Um, he really needs to step into that kind of Jarvis Landry-type role. Um, obviously not being as good as Jarvis Landry, but, uh, but needs to be that kind of player um, to an extent where he can put up consistent yards over the middle and really help uh, get a team downfield more than just one or two times a year, if that. Um, but I, but yeah, I mentioned it earlier with the offensive line. We'll go ahead and talk about them because they, they played a great game, only gave up one sack, um, was able to, at least with the limited opportunities that some of the running backs had, they were able to get them to a decent yards per carry uh, number. So that was good. That shows that they're able to at least create enough lanes to get them where they can go through and fall forward and 
after that, sometimes it's it's just kind of up to them to be able to um, make a move or do something to get to the next level after those four to five yards. But if if your offensive line can sustain that kind of stuff, I mean, it's it's going to be good. I mean, <laughs> they're they're already on a pace to be one of the better offensive lines in in the league this year, uh, in my opinion. Just I mean, from those numbers, that doesn't mean that they're definitely going to be there. Uh, because there's a lot that could still go wrong with the young players, but um, but it just kind of speaks to the the great week that they had, and um, it kind of went along with my two-ish spiel. But I, I do believe that that's going to be a big a positive factor in getting us to see Tua sooner, and that's going to be helped if if Ryan Fitzpatrick has another week like that if he is named the starter for week two. Uh, but we'll go ahead and go into the defensive side of the ball. Um, the defensive line played a pretty good game, I thought. Um, Wilkins had uh, Christian Wilkins had himself a game. He was very, very good. Uh, tackles, multiple tackles for loss, had a sack. Uh, so you really can't ask for much more than that out of him. I mean, it's he's showing why he was the team's first round pick uh, last year. You know, with with a performance like that. Um, but other than that, I would have liked to have seen more. Um, and I'll go ahead and tie this in uh, with the pass rushing and, and the linebackers as a total uh, package with the with the defensive line. Because in a way, when when they're giving up uh, all of these rushing yards and in rushing touchdowns, I mean, you you already had Christian Wilkins and Devon Godchow. And uh, you bring in the likes of Shaq Lawson, Emmanuel Ogba. Uh, you bring in the experience in the linebacking core with Landon Roberts and Kyle Van Noy, two players who played in the Patriots' offensive schemes uh, for multiple years. And so the people, you know, guys that should be the most familiar playing against that scheme every day in practice. And I mean, of course, they do adapt. And I talked about that at the beginning with the coaching. They're able to adapt to that and throw different things at you. But for the most part, these are these are still two guys that should be very familiar with what they do. And even Shaq Lawson playing for the Bills, you know, he, he faced the Patriots twice a year. He game planned for them, and he's done that since he's been at Buffalo. So, um, all all that being said, you know, you've got Jerome Baker who who had a decent game, had a sack there, and and. Uh, you know, for the most part, played pretty good. Uh, I, I have to think that we need to see a little bit more, and that it could be scheme-wise by the by the defensive calls. Um, I, I certainly would put a little bit of blame on that. Um, some of the not not adjusting well enough because you're not going to stop Cam Newton from getting some rushing yards and maybe even a rushing rushing touchdown because. Um, that's just kind of what they schemed for. It's what they built the offense around is what it looks like. So, I mean, they were well prepared to do that. But that's something that you should know coming into the game. And it's not necessarily saying, you know, hey, they know Cam Newton's going to run. Why aren't they stopping him? Because they're able to counter what you're trying to do to counter them. And that's kind of that chess game that we see on a weekly basis in the NFL. Um but I, I'm not like over, you know, I'm not overstating it by saying I think it's the coach's fault for not doing that because it's going to fall some on the players as well. But I do think that they had 
troubles trying to keep up with the switching of um, uh, designs and schemes to, to go with the flow of the game with the Patriots um, for what they were able to do. So, I mean, they kind of they, they won the coaching chess match in that regard is they were able to uh, constantly keep you guessing enough to make it difficult to adapt during the game to what they're doing. Uh, but, but still with, you know, they, like I said, the, the players that they had already and the players that they brought in on the defensive and in linebacking core, I thought would be a little better than they were, um, as far as creating a lot of pressure and they did get some, I mean, they, they've, you've got to give them credit for what they did get. I think I was just expecting a little bit more and maybe that's, just kind of having a little bit too high hopes and, and thinking this team was automatically going to be a top five defense because, I mean, they, they certainly had a good defensive performance, I believe, overcoming uh, three interceptions by the offense and still only giving up 21 points, two of those being rushing touchdowns. And that's basically because they would have those drives where the they would just kind of go down the field or, have, or possibly have a short field from an interception, but um, still able to consistently move the ball uh this couple of times but uh in in the grand scheme of the entire game uh, the defense was able to do a pretty good job of, of limiting um, uh, what their offense was able to do their rushing was was for the most part not i mean it, it, it's you look at the number overall and it's two over 200 and something yards rushing by their offense as, as a whole which is a bad number uh but i do think that other than those few times they were able to have, they were really having difficulty stopping the constant movement of the drive. Um, but they still throughout the course of the game only gave up 21 points. And so I do, I do think that they were able to kind of bend, but not break and really be strong on other drives. And that, that was in big part to the secondary. The secondary had a pretty good game. Um, I'd like to see, them do a, a little bit better job and not giving up the completion rate that they did because I think it, what was Cam Newton I think they only threw 19 passes in the entire game but he completed 15 of them um, and they were mostly short passes they were for the most part able to keep from giving up the big plays um, but they were consistently making plays just not necessarily big ones and so that's that kind of played into that whole bend not break mentality with them. Um, I, I, if I had to describe it, I think that's the best way to do it. It's very cliche. It's over, you know, used a lot, but really, that's kind of what I saw out of them. They were, they were uh, guarding the playmakers pretty well, uh, and kind of boxing them into the point to where you saw Cam Newton run. Sometimes it was designed. Uh, but he's good at doing it when it's not designed as well. But they they did a good job of covering to the point where they forced Cam Newton uh, away from what the original plan was and to where he would have to run. And so that's kind of what you want a lot of the time. I mean, it's more difficult whenever you have a quarterback that, that really can run. But that's usually the whole point of your secondary is to, to cover them up to the point to where they've got to run or they're going to get sacked. And or, or you know run and get sacked, um, but if you're able to do that, you've got to be able to box the quarterback in on the front part of that, 
with your with your linebackers with if you bring down a safety but with your linebackers and your and your defensive line and that's that's kind of what we were hoping to see and that's why I was a little bit disappointed in the defensive line for that way was that was that I I saw the secondary doing a decent job of forcing him to make different decisions um, but that pressure was really good some t- on some drives and, and at some points but it wasn't it wasn't fairly consistent, I guess, is, is how I'm trying to put that. Um, or at least able to finish at, at certain crucial moments whenever you need uh, to bring them down on that, that third and five, third and six play when the secondary locks down the receivers and you see the quarterback get out of the pocket. Um, you think that's, that's the time that you need to make those crucial plays and crucial tackles. Uh, to keep them from getting that the third and six or so whenever you've got the whenever you've got the uh, secondary doing their job and that's kind of generalizing it you know it's 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 a specific example of kind of what I'm looking at but it's just generalizing it to the point to where you, you you're just kind of blaming the front seven for any time he gets rushing yards um, and that's not really the case because uh, like I said I do think that the defense had a good game. Um, they made me feel good about where I think this team can go down the road, even this season, uh, because you know, giving up like I like I said, giving up 21 points off of a game where there was three interceptions and not a whole lot of offensive production in general by the Dolphins. Um, I mean, I think that's that's a good job. As you have to look at that at the end of the day as a win and go into the tape and, and break down the things that you can work on. Uh, but but I, I do like the state of the defense. And, uh, you know, everything else was... I think I've, I've basically covered everything as far as the positions. Um, you know, it's, when you look at the game as a whole, it's kind of where I'm at with it. Um, I'm not overly mad. I wasn't necessarily very overly mad at the time. Um, I was disappointed. I was frustrated. But I, I wasn't extremely surprised. Uh, so, I mean, overall, uh, for the game as a whole, I was encouraged. Um, I think that I, I'm certainly looking forward to watching game two, and I think that's kind of what it is. is we're going to see this team grow together. So, you know the the frustration now, but still you're having that that hopefulness and that excitement to see what they do better or what's different the next week is something that we've wanted to see for quite a while, and I think we're finally we're finally about there. Um, if they were to put Tua in, I, I think that I would be there at that at that point to truly be excited even through the losses to see the growth of this young team. Uh, so, so going into next week against the Bills, uh, we're going to get to see what, what they bring to the table then. Um, I will personally be holding out hope that uh, Tua is, is named the starter um, before, before we get to Sunday. But uh, even if he's not, I'm going to go into it. I'm going to root hard, and, and hopefully we can try to keep from going 0-2 in the division and, and 0-2 to start the year in general, you know, as a whole. So, um, yeah, starting 0-2 in the division is going to be tough because we're really going to need to get these 
divisional wins uh, if we're going to have any hope of uh, trying to be a team that can threaten for that extra play, extra wild card spot um, or being competitive for a for a playoff spot. But but just remember that the Patriots are still a good team and are good co- and are well coached. So um, every most fans thought that we had a shot to win this game. I feel like. But, um, but it, it does ease the pain to the fact of, that it's still the Patriots and nobody, I thought, I thought that the dynasty was over and I still think it is. I think that, that they're not necessarily a good team, but they're well coached enough and they've got enough playmakers that they're going to win some games. And that's just the way that it is. Um, their defense is still going to be very good. And as much as we were able to limit their passing attack, through the many opportunities that they got um, at the same time seeing Ryan Fitzpatrick have a bad game but against a very good defense is it, it does make me think that if they do continue to go with Ryan Fitzpatrick I can understand why I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blow up and throw a fit if if they name Fitzpatrick as the starter for week two because uh, I get why they're doing what they're doing and um, but but yeah, I'm excited to I'm excited to see the game. I'm excited to watch another week of football. It's been very good so far. I'm going to tune in for the two Monday nighters tonight. So uh, keeping an eye on my fantasy teams. Yeah, so uh, so it's great to have football back, and it's great to be able to talk about these games. Um, if if by chance I just kind of do podcasts after the games and talk about them, then that's kind of where we're going to be for now. But not really sure. As always, I'll just kind of upload when I can. Um, kind of have that that randomness and excitement factor I guess to just not know when it's coming but there there will be more out there and and uh, I'm always going to want to come back and talk about more football feel free to look up uh, this this podcast is Facebook it's the New Beginnings Podcast uh, Facebook page I uh, put the links to the episodes on there and you can always message me through there if you have any questions that you want to ask for the uh, for the episodes, if you have any um, if you have any questions that you'd like me to talk about on the episode, I can I because I don't get a whole lot into specific stats and things like that. But if I have a question about it, I'll do the research and I'll come in talking about specific stats or or really diving into a player's detailed uh, past on kind of what got them to this point or wh- where I think about they're going to be on the in the future. Uh, I'm more than willing to do that. I just I tend to talk more casually about my feelings on the game, um, but that, that that's kind of more exciting for me is if somebody has a question about it, it really puts me in the opportunity to put more time into it, and it's not that I don't want to. I just I feel um, more relaxed and, and confident with just kind of talking about my feelings and, and where I see the team and, and how I've seen it for a long period of time, and... Uh, but yeah, like I said, feel free to tune in. Uh, to or feel free to join up with the uh, Facebook page. Um, send me a request. Uh, send me a friend request if you like. Send me some messages, um, and I'll probably come back in, unless I can start getting a lot of questions and things that I can talk about during the week. Uh, it'll probably mostly be the the day after the games, and we'll just kind of take it from there. But I thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope that you'll tune into some future episodes. And we'll be sure to be rooting for the Dolphins on Sunday against the Bills. 
but yeah, my name is Tyler Moss again, and I'll hope to see you on the next episode. Fins up.